0: Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Gun
1: Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. This segment is sponsored by John Dillon and Dillon Law Group. Do you have legal matters that involve anything gun related? Then you need to call attorney John Dillon. Whether your questions are about red flag laws, gun registration questions, gun transportation questions, Or maybe you aren't sure that your gun complies with California law. Well, you need to call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon is right here in Carlsbad and specializes in California gun laws. Give him a call at 760-642-7150 or visit the website at dillonlawgp.com.
2: John's going to be in court tomorrow, too. We'll have to talk about that later in the show. Except he's going to be the attorney this time, rather than the... Oh, is he really? <laughs> instead of a radio host? No, instead of a plaintiff for a defendant. Say, what, what does he usually when He's in court. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's, Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, last week, uh, we did the subscribe to our email list mm-hmm. to win an Eclipse holster dump tray. And we have a winner this week. Do you really? Dave Stahl. No, not Dave Stahl. Let me look it up here. So the winner of the Eclipse Holster Dump Tray, which was very, very cool. Um, see Subscribe to our email list to win. And the winner is Katie Bernatsky. I hope I said that right. Katie Bernatsky. So congratulations, Katie. You're the winner of an Eclipse Holster Dump Tray. Uh, just contact us, or I guess we have your information, so we'll contact you to let you know how we're going to get that to you. That's fantastic. That is. She she's going to have her uh, her EDC dump tray or everyday carry. Yeah. You
1: know, she see, folks, that's why there. it's important to listen to the show because when we get product to review, instead of keeping it, we hook you up and get you an opportunity to win something totally free without having
2: to spend a dime. That's right. And coming up uh, in just uh, real soon here. Actually, they're on sale now. The Cover Your Ass week tickets are on sale. You have, to, you have hey, to really... Don't ever say that again until he's near the 10-second button. You <laughs> put poor Brendan in a mild heart cardiac arrest over here. I know, you have to really, really... Well, our last guest last week, I know, I know, I know. Cover your ASP, A-S-P, <laughs> which uh, is, of course, John Correa. I've seen him on YouTube. He's going to come out, and he, we got a week of training and seminars and fun and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, if you're a member of San Diego... Uh, orange riverside or san bernardino county gun owners you can get uh, you're going to get a uh, uh, discount code so that your tickets are going to be discounted so check your email for your access codes if you're a member of san diego county gun owners orange county gun owners riverside county gunners or san bernardino county gun owners take a look for your discount code to spend a week training with john korea from asb active shooter what, what is it uh active self protection active self protection I'm sorry about that there you easy okay. for you to say and then don't forget to take the listener survey gunownersradio.com/survey so go to gunownersradio.com/survey you could win a 511 rush 24 backpack uh the winner is going to be picked on November 15th and if you visit the Five Eleven in Mission Valley, tell them to say or say hi from uh, Gun Owners Radio. So all you got to do is go to gunownersradio.com slash survey s u r v e y. Do that uh, on any computer or your smartphone. It takes about three minutes to take this survey, and you might win a very cool Five Eleven backpack. So how cool is that? Everybody, no, that is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then uh, also, uh, the locations for the upcoming tabletops at gun shops were on the 24th. So, the 24th of this month is going to be really, really busy. So, if you're looking for something to do, if you're looking to try to uh, uh, help us improve the Second Amendment situation here in California, and you just want to have some fun and meet some other gun owning uh, uh, fantastic Americans. Um, there's a bunch of volunteer opportunities coming up. On the 24th, we're going to have gun shop tabletops at Duncan's in San Marcos, uh, the Gun Range on Balboa, and Discount Gun Mart on Morena. All on the 24th are going to have gun shop tabletops. Now, the gun shop tabletops are very cool. What is that? It's uh, basically we set up a tabletop, and we have information about San Diego County gun owners, information about our voter guide, information on CCWs, um, so you basically get to hang out at a gun shop for a few hours and talk to other gun owners about cool stuff. You said your buddy just tried one for the first time, right? Yeah, my neighbor just worked uh, one Saturday at Poway Weapons and Gear, and
3: um, like I said, I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it to debrief him. What's yeah. the but, hours? Uh, it sounded really?
2: like it was a lot of fun. What See, are the it, hours? Four hour shift, so usually it's ten to two and then two to six. Um, but we, you know, I, I just if you go to so where you find this information is you go to sdcgo.org slash volunteer, sdcgo.org slash volunteer. The other thing that's happened on uh, on the 24th is we're having a shooting social at Poway Weapons and Gear. So if you want to be a mentor, you want to teach somebody how to shoot and uh, you know, meet new shooters, meet some other members of San Diego County gun owners, uh, all you need is a gun and eye protection and ear protection. A 9mm pistol? And that's
3: a lot of fun. That's a really fun, rewarding thing to do, too. It's
2: uh, shooting social, volunteering for that kind of stuff is just great. You need bullets? It is. No, we provide everything else. We provide the students. Oh, did you find some bullets? We found some bullets. We actually, we just had a shooting social this morning for Guns and Moses. Oh, did you? Yeah, Guns and Moses is a uh, Jewish uh, uh, educational shooting group here in San Diego. And we had, I think we had 20, we ended up with 20 brand new students. all ages. I mean, all ages, 20s to, wow. I think, 70s, I'm wow. guessing, men and women. It was about a 40%, 60% women to men split. Uh, a bunch of couples, a couple of sisters came. Two, right. two sisters wanted to come. or uh, No, it was a mother-daughter. It's a mother-daughter. That's yep, enough. yep. Um, I'm sure they were flattered that I thought they were sisters. but Yeah, I'm sure they were. Uh, One of them was, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we had uh, we had our experienced uh, members, you know, pair up with them and teach them how to shoot. They get a safety briefing and they get fifty rounds of nine and eye and ear protection and all kind. Of, it's 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 really truly you cannot beat it, especially gotta, right now. Got to get my wife and her girlfriend signed up. Yeah, got it. Well, we and we When's have the next one. Uh, well, I, the twenty fourth. If <laughs> it, if you uh, if you go to uh, our our website, you can sign up for the shooting socials on our website. All right. San org. Yeah, and we started having – we're having at least two a month right now. One is kind of a standing uh, second Saturday of the month uh, shooting social for anybody. Where's this – not to interrupt. Where's this one at on the 24th? Poway Weapons and Gear. We either have them at Poway Weapons Gear or the Gun Range San Diego. We we might have them at a couple of the other ranges, but right now we've just been set up there. Um, So every second Saturday we just – we teach – you know, you just sign up. It's $50. Right. Which is... Per person. Per person. Okay. Which is... I mean, if you just walk in off the street and rent a gun and buy ammo, you know, and rent oh, a... Oh, no. Lane, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, well, especially right now, a box of 9mm is like 50 bucks right there. And, yeah. So, and
1: folks, think about it. Or 40 bucks. Would you ever take your wife or daughter out to teach them how to drive a car? <laughs> so yeah. So, this is a very good deal for 50 bucks. You can send, some, send your... Better half out and let him learn from the experts on how to handle a gun and won't we'll get yelled at.
2: Yep. So the tabletops of gun shops, go to the go to our website slash volunteer or uh, to become a mentor or shooting social. There's all kinds of stuff happening. And in the show, we're about to interview one of the greats, Masada Yub, coming up. Um, and we're gonna talk to him about all kinds of cool stuff. Jerry Schiller, one of my favorite guys from Lemon Grove Rod and Gun. Is going to talk about the youth trap at Lemon Grove Rod and Gun that's happening. Uh, So we have a really, really cool... uh, Joe's going to do a gear review. Um, uh, We have all kinds of really cool stuff. And then we have a great question for Sam the gunman. I think Mm -hmm. we're going to stump him today. Oh, yeah. All right. Famous last words. And folks, if you were thinking Melissa Lee was going to be in today, she
1: is traveling from Vegas. She went to SHOT Show, got stuck in a really, really bad traffic accident coming back so she's not able to make it so she told me to tell you Joe thank you very much for filling in for oh, her for she appreciates in. it yeah, she wasn't involved
2: Excellent. in the accident she just No no, no no <laughs> she just
1: stuck in that lovely traffic coming back from Vegas all right we're going to take a quick break you're all listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961 AM 1170 The Answer Radio on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, what's the best defense for self-defense in those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline. Let them provide the lawyer for you. Call Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at FirearmsLegal.com. Or you can call 469-310-9100. Boy, I tell you, we got a great special guest up. I'm going to leave this one up to you, Mike.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. So our our very, very cool guest, one of the greats in the industry, uh, someone that's truly just respected by um, anybody that's uh, that's ever touched a gun, really. But if you've taken any kind of formal training, You've probably learned some by from somebody who has learned something from our next guest, Masad Ayoub. How are you doing?
4: Doing good, sir. Good to be back.
2: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Um, uh, pleasure, Mike. Yeah, and congratulations! You were recently named president of the Second Amendment Foundation, right?
4: Uh, yes, last month.
2: Congratulations! Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you. So, more, tell, more work. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's a great organization. Uh, I've spent about 30 years on the board of trustees. And when the president, Joe Tartaro passed, he had been a mentor Mm -hmm. to me and to all of us. Uh, I will never fill his shoes, nor will anyone else, but I'm damn sure going to try.
2: Well, we appreciate all your, all your help and all your expertise. So for those who don't know, um, talk about what, you know, there, there are a lot of different groups out there. um, National, local, uh, state, uh, what, what is the focus, or what exactly does the Second Amendment Foundation do?
4: The Second Amendment Foundation was founded by Alan Gottlieb back in the 1970s. Uh, the original uh, purpose was to fund and gather legal scholarship into Second Amendment and other gun owners' civil rights issues. And over the years, that built a fantastic body of work that really turned around in legal circles the perception of the Second Amendment being about a National Guard and made it very clear it was in the Bill of Rights for a reason. It was an individual right. Over the years, that morphed into litigation, and the Second Amendment Foundation has really become the litigation arm of the gun owner civil rights movement. At the moment, we have dozens of cases pending uh, local, state, county, and uh, we have worked on the national level as well. It was really Second Amendment Foundation that brought us the Heller decision, uh, Heller versus District of Columbia, and the McDonald decision, McDonald versus Chicago. Uh, that is the primary focus today while the lobbying efforts are done by our sister organization, uh, CCRKBA, the Citizens Committee, for the right to keep and Bear arms.
2: That's awesome. So, so uh, I mean, you guys are national. You bring lawsuits. Extremely important. Um, now, last year, we, we kind of got walloped with, with we had, a, what, we had 10 or 12 lawsuits on their way to the Supreme Court, and they all got rejected. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on that, and what do you think the future holds?
4: I think the future with the, uh, the new appointment is going to be very promising. Uh, there is a theory in Second Amendment circles that the pro-2A judges were kind of holding off uh, until they were certain they could get a, uh, a reasonable balance in the court. They felt like the
2: weak link might have been Roberts?
4: Well, Roberts is, uh, is often seen as a swing vote. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, w- and now, you being president, what exactly does that mean for Second Amendment Foundation? What's the role of the president for Second Amendment Foundation?
4: I will be uh, hopefully able to take some of the many public, speak- public speaking engagements uh, off Alan Gottlieb's plate. Alan, the founder, uh, remains the driving force and uh, the real power behind Second Amendment Foundation and uh, he can probably use a little bit of help with all the public speaking engagements. I will be doing what I can in the media and elsewhere to uh, to promote not only membership, but membership activism. Uh, historically, Second Amendment Foundation was behind GRPC, the Gun Rights Policy Conference. Uh, last month, we had to, for the first time, uh, holds as a, a virtual event. And the bad news was we weren't able to network, but the good news is we were able to present it to more than 300,000 people who watched it at the time, and many more who I'm sure are going to see it in the future because it's been archived and is available online. Now, the purpose of GRPC was to bring in the best and the brightest from the local level, the state level, and the national level of the lobbyists who have been able to succeed in getting pro-gun legislation passed at state level, local ordinance level, and things of that nature, and bring in some of the attorneys who are out there fighting the fight now. Uh, we have dozens of cases that are already filed and waiting to go to court.
2: Is there one in particular that, that you think is uh, promising, or is there, uh, is there one that you want to talk about or, or touch on?
4: I make a point of not talking about any pending uh, litigation or anything that's not currently adjudicated. Um, I will tell you we are standing ready to see what happens if the administration changes as a result of the November election, and we'll be fighting with, if anything, renewed vigor. I uh, can't really comment to specifics until we see what the other side actually pushes
2: for. Do you, do you think they'll get the? Uh, do you think the administration will get the appointment that they're working on now before the election?
4: I think there's a very good chance of it. Uh, there's there's no reason they shouldn't. The the Constitution gives the president the right to appoint and does not does not uh, specify a timeline. I think it's particularly important at this time in America because it's the first time we've had such a contentious election where Hillary Clinton has publicly told Joe Biden, do not accept defeat, fight, fight, fight. And uh, where the Democrats are accusing President Trump of planning to do the same thing should he lose. Uh, That will unquestionably go to the Supreme Court expeditiously. And it will be all the more important to have nine justices to prevent a four-to-four tie at the yeah. worst possible time in America.
2: And you guys, Second Amendment Foundation,
4: is is happy
2: with the appointment? Or you guys you, you guys think she's, she's,
4: she's uh, got it? Well, let me put it this way. I My first official act as president was to publicly endorse Judge Barrett. Good. And Alan Gottlieb is extremely enthusiastic and has said so publicly. Uh, a lot of that commentary can be found at the website uh, SAF.
2: Saf.org, S-A-F and if people want to be a member of Second Amendment Foundation, uh, they can join online as well.
4: Uh, they most certainly can, and they can also join a, a basically a new group that we have, the uh, for Second Amendment activists. Uh, and they can find that. Hang on one second. Let me get that for you. We call it 2A First Responders. Oh, nice. And anyone interested in that? Basically, we're trying to recruit dedicated people who are willing to work phone trees during elections, to work phone trees during legislative sessions, and contact uh, their, their representatives at the state level, the city level, the county level, everywhere. And we provide training, encouragement, uh, et cetera, for that. And we are hoping for them to recruit additional volunteers at their level who can pack a state house, who can flood a state legislature with uh, you know, letters from the public explaining their position on gun owners' civil rights. And anyone interested in joining that is enthusiastically invited to go to saf.org grassroots.
2: saf.org grassroots. And you'll, uh, you'll, you'll put them to work as activists. I like that a lot. Now, here's a question I get a lot running San Diego County gun owners. I'm sure you probably get it as well. Um, uh, the question is, how do you guys work with other organizations?
4: We are all on the same side. Uh, picture uh, it's World War II, and I don't care if the guy backing me up is uh, a British soldier, an American soldier, an Australian soldier. I care that they're on our side and know how to fight. Awesome. So in the past, we've worked uh, with uh, the National Rifle Association, uh, including on legislation. Um, representatives of Gun Owners of America have been speakers at our gun rights policy conference. Uh, we're all in this together, brother.
2: I agree. Couldn't Couldn't agree more. About once a year, I, I put out a little... A little, uh, a little article. I do a little write-up and and uh, basically tell people, hey, you know, it's it's January. It's time to sit down and write five or six checks, you know, to five or six organizations. People ask me all the time, well, what about this organization? What about that organization? Are they good? And my response is, if they're fighting for the Second Amendment, then yeah, you know, send them a check you know whatever whatever your flavor is i personally like all of them i don't have a bad thing to say about anybody that's trying to expand our second amendment rights whether it's activism or they're writing about it you know and, and engaging with media or if they're filing lawsuits whatever it is um, you know and it, it's it's your it's your freedom tax you know you got to pay your freedom tax once a year and join all the organizations and you know if we're all if we all carry a little bit of water nobody has to carry a bucket but second amendment foundation has been particularly effective and hardworking and uh with you as president i I'm, I'm i'm i think we're all stoked i think that's they made a fantastic choice i'm so glad you're involved with them and and that they picked you for uh, in a leadership role
4: well, I'm excited about it, and I think uh, no matter how the election turns out, we're going to have a very interesting year in front of us.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, and I think you're you're absolutely right. So, how did you originally get involved in Second Amendment Foundation? I mean, you're a busy guy; you're doing all kinds of stuff. How did how did that relationship begin?
4: Well, in the 19, uh, 1970s, I was invited to one of their meetings in Boston with probably 30 activists. And I was very impressed with the brain trust that Alan had put together on doing the legal research and so forth. And I said, send me in, Coach. Anything I can do to help, let me know. And I promoted the organization as best I could, wound up being on the board of trustees for a few decades, and being behind the scenes saw all the good that they're doing and how how much of the donations are actually being applied to where they need to go.
2: You know, it's funny, and you know, the 80s and early 90s, I don't think that gun owners, uh, especially those that are maybe just just recently, you know, within the last five or 10 years getting involved in activism, um, you know, maybe they just bought a gun five, 10 years ago or whatever, and they're just starting to kind of pay attention. I don't think people would even recognize uh, Second Amendment activism in the 80s as compared to now. I mean, back then, they it was okay. It was just, it was literally okay to just openly talk about banning all handguns, all handguns, all possession of handguns. They were, it, yeah. Well, we think we just want to ban all handguns, and that was just okay. It wasn't a, it wasn't even an extreme position back then. The amount of work it took from uh, organizations and activists to turn that around all throughout the '80s and early '90s. Uh, you know, to turn that around is amazing, and I, th- I think it's a lesson that can be learned from people who are, you know, who are down in the dumps and think, "Geez, nothing good's ever going to happen," especially in California. I got to tell you, it's been worse, and 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 the Indian people, hardworking people, uh, have turned it around. That, you, you know, what, you remember what I'm talking about? I mean, they, they
4: were literally just. I do indeed. Uh, Professor John B. Cates, uh lost to us now. God rest his soul, was one of the spearheads who defeated the uh, San Francisco uh, gun ban. And Don was one of us, an SAF guy. Mm-hmm. Nice. So we've uh, we've got a pretty long string of, uh, of victories. Uh, not every fight is a victory, of course, but you, you take the fight to the opponent. There you go. All
1: right, hey, Masood, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring you back, and we look forward to the second segment right here on Gun Owners Radio. FM 961, AM
2: 1170, The Answer.
0: There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego.
4: All All
1: right, folks, hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. On FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What is the solution? Cali Key. Cali Key converts any mil-spec direct impingement AR pattern rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com.
2: So we're talking with Masada Yub, who, uh, we, what we were just talking about was that he was recently named the president of the Second Amendment Foundation, yeah. but uh, but that's, uh, most people know him from all the training he's done and all the writing he's done, and uh, what a what a highly respected uh, uh, figure he's been in the uh, Second Amendment Movement for decades now. Um, Massad, we were talking a little bit about uh, you know, a little bit about everything, and uh, you know, the NRA is something that all gun owners are are, have been focused on. You know, everybody has heard of the NRA, even if you're not a a gun owner. Um, I've been a member for years, I'm sure you know, a lot of gun owners have been a member for years. They've had a couple of rough years the last couple years. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? What, what do you think the future of the NRA is? What what uh, what are your thoughts on what's going on with them right now?
4: Well, we all know that it's critical cool to the NRA. Uh, watching the New York Attorney General and uh, Governor Cuomo and their totally vicious ex in the organization and its 5 million members is stalling. Now, uh, if they have a problem with uh, two or three members of the organization who hold high position. And if they have evidence, go ahead and try them for embezzlement. But to state that they're going to destroy the entire organization makes it blatantly clear that they're far beyond the law. We're, we're talking here about um, a Attorney General who, at the beginning of this, before the for the lawsuits and the allegations, <laughs> Call the NRA and, by extension, all its members a terrorist organization. Now, that to me is absolutely hate speech. As we all know, the NRA is members that encompasses members of the, community, the Asian, the Hispanic community. We have a female contingent. We are America. America is NRA. NRA is a slice of America. To blatantly calls such people to shows you that they're not talking about, they're not talking about justice, they're talking about a vicious political agenda to disarm the public. They see the NRA as the spearhead of gun rights, and it's blatantly obvious that's why they're attacking the organization.
2: Yeah. You know, the County Board of Supervisors in San Francisco put out a a resolution, uh, you know, calling them all, uh, calling all NRA members terrorists or calling the NRA organization a terrorist organization. And uh, we actually put out a a travel warning uh, to all our members saying, hey, stay out of San Francisco. You know, they're clearly, it's clearly a hostile environment. There's no way you're going to get any kind of fair shake as a gun owner in any way. So stay out of San Francisco, kind of the kind of the way, uh, you know, the State Department put out a travel warning to a, you know, a dangerous third world country. Um, But that's really what they've turned into. I mean, you know, if you if you uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's the exact same. Uh, uh, speech as what's considered hate speech, you just take out, you know, whatever uh, insult, the, you know that they that they normally talk about, and insert gun owner, and and it's the exact same stuff, and it's just as bad, and it's just as prejudice, and it's just as damaging to people. Now, how do you think the elections are going to go? I, I I can't remember a time where uh, elections I, I, I can't call it at all. I mean, I usually had a pretty good idea. All right, I think this person's going to win. That person's going. to I think it go any way. What What are your your thoughts on what's going on nationally and, and in some of the local races?
4: Well, if I was Donald Trump and they said to me, "How do you feel about the eight points behind Democratic component going on the ocean? I'd say, "That's funny. That's exactly where I was in the last election." Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think I... Uh, the whole culture that, that we, make, uh, we put the gun on is defensive misses uh, a bunch of clowns, and all of that. It's uh, so it's, uh, it's informative speech. If you look at the history of political, for example, American newspapers going back, you know, well over a century. And those people the editor didn't like would be caricatured as, uh, you know, some sort of a buffalo. The segregationists would characterize black people as, uh, as you know, looking like step and fetch it, and that has disappeared. the The Nazis characterized the Jews as you know, those and of course, you never see that. Yep, the gun owner is still characterized to this day in America as a pinhead guy with a chrome forehead and right. missing teeth and a drooling trucker there. Uh, I think it was Rahm Emanuel who said uh, their job was to make us politically correct the way the they make for, made, for example, cigarette smoking politically incorrect, And I think many of us have to educate the public to the fact that so many carriers and gun owners are philanthropists, Fortune 500 executives, a huge, in any city that issues permits, a huge percentage, a disproportionate percentage of the people with permits are going to be judges, attorneys, and physicians, and high-ranking executives. And to get that out, I think more than we have. Uh, most American presidents over history good gun owners and many of them have good collectors. When the woods, they don't Smith & Wesson for God's sake. Yeah. And I'm uh,
2: public, uh has sort of lost that from the high school college history of life. Yeah, it's and it's it, it really is. They just it's absolutely just okay. And it I, I think that a uh, a lot of gun owners try to y- 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 you know the the insults. That's an emotional response, and I think a lot of gun owners uh, try to counter that with with logic and reason. And uh, I think that we could probably do better at making a counter emotional argument or a, 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 a having our own emotional response. And, you know, rather than talking, uh, you know, obviously statistics and logic, it's all very, very important, but, you know, tugging on heartstrings and saying, hey, wait, 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 it's not, you know, we're not all, you know, cavemen and, and knuckle draggers. You know, some, some of us are, are, are moms who want to protect our children. You know, it's not fair that. That women are attacked, uh, you know, 10 times as much as men and, you know, pulling on heartstrings um, because it, it, they've been amazingly successful at demonizing us by by using emotional uh, arguments. And, uh, you know, I think we could we as a group could could probably do a better job of of tugging on those same heartstrings.
4: Well, as a question, the other side is playing on emotion and our side plays on facts and logic, and we need to do that a little more loudly. Now, you mentioned the women in the movement that has been going exponentially with multiple women shooters groups. Uh, we're seeing their presence much more in the sporting magazines. I'm uh, seeing more wearing glasses. And we kind of see more women we used to uh, shooting matches. And it is really a logical progression. If you look back into the, the latter 20th century, the, the rise of the women's equality movement as we are today. Uh, look, for example, in the construction industry, women didn't break into construction as as hod carriers, uh, you know, doing muscle work, and they broke into it at the roles of caterpillar tractors, force multipliers. Female officers and law, American law enforcement didn't realize they were going on the street as full-blown officers, detectives, until the late 60s, up until then they were police women. There would be matrons at the women's the jail. They would be the one that, who would search a female suspect, something like that. Maybe handle some juvenile issues. And the reason that has worked as well as it certainly has is that a female officer carries force multipliers, the gun, the right. pepper spray, the yep. taser, and the old days one now, the baton. The firearm is simply a force multiplier in a a situation, society and biology alike. I understand men tend to be larger, stronger, and more culturally prepositioned uh, 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 for, you know, physical violence. And the force multiplier, that that 38 or 380 on the purse puts her at parity with the 250 protesters. Now, if you look at it historically, uh, I, I draw the parallel of the university system, or police service virus, or emergency medical service. And if you go back to when I was born, I'm in the 20th century. If I go out to the family doctor and the doctor show us how to do closed chest cardiac research, which is what they call CPR, the doctor not go to look down like, and nuts, and said, so you want to learn that? Go to medical school. But that's what we do. And all these years are, you're considered almost socially derelict if you don't know CPR, controlled controlled the, um, the high-level mood. Because they figured out in a nation of what now three hundred twenty million people. We only have about eight thousand cops, for example, and we plus much a million in emergency services workers in the emergency medicine field. The average response time nationwide is most often at eleven minutes. Well, if your heart stops somewhere between three and five minutes from then, you're gonna be irreversibly brain dead. 11 minutes to rescue, five minutes or less to death, carry the one. And people figured out CPR will save lives because if there's a first responder there, not the, not society's first responder, the cop, or the firefighter, or the paramedic, but anyone who knows what to do, they can keep that person alive and hold the line against death until the professionals can get there. Now, the parallel of that, emergency and the emergency services, the fire service. When I was a boy, that's the only guy in the neighborhood who had one of those old-fashioned fire extinguishers at home. That's the firefighters themselves in their homes. But it was understood if something got just fired on the fire department. Well, if that's going to be 11 minutes, too, the kitchen fire that started on the stove, by the time the firefighters get there, the entire building might be involved, and everyone outside it might be dead of thermal burns or uh, smoke inhalation. And society figured that out. I doubt that any of your listeners or any of your members don't have at least one fire extinguisher in the home, probably more, probably a large like vehicle. Because society figured out when that flame blooms on the stove, if you can reach over, grab the extinguisher, and kill it in its nest, the only loss is a few hundred bucks of smoke damage, if that, and maybe a new stove. The firearm an American citizens' hands is a direct analog to that. The next death of Lanza comes through the door of the school. The next home invader kicks down the door of a home. It's going to be 11 minutes before the police can be summoned and can arrive. The first responder needs the analog to a home AED or a fire extinguisher to stop that life-threatening situation right now. People are figuring that out. And we're seeing it particularly now this year. In the time of the the, the two throat punch of the COVID epidemic for us where America was flatly told by the news media what was seen as logical and truthful, that the Mercy personnel says paramedics and police officers and all the and all the, the, the,
2: the, the civil unrest and everything else that's gone on. It's it really has been a heck of a year well masada you i really really yeah, appreciate you, your cool, time well, you. I, I appreciate you calling in as always fantastic information i can't tell you how happy i am for you and the second amendment foundation that you're at the helm uh everybody please go uh check out second amendment foundation it's uh, uh saf.org and join today masad thank you so much for uh joining us
4: my pleasure
2: all right take care
1: all right, we're going to go ahead and take a little break, but when we come back, a whole lot more right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM
0: 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment rights. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Welcome the Firearm Policy Coalition to our family of sponsors. Couldn't be happier. Firearms Policy Coalition is dedicated to restoring and protecting the Second Amendment, just like us. Firearms Policy Coalition works on the state and federal levels and have filed some of the most important Second Amendment lawsuits to date. Together, we are working on all levels to restore your gun owner's rights. That's why it's also important to support Firearms Policy Coalition. You can become a member at firearmspolicy.org. All right, who's your next guest there, Sunshine?
2: Jerry Schiller, the president of the Lemongrove Rod and Gun Club, um, which their shooting facility is located in Alpine. Mm-hmm. Um, and He's here to talk to us about their Youth Trap League. How you doing, Jerry? Hey, I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for coming on and talking to us. So tell us about, uh, tell us. let's start off with a little bit about, for those who don't know, a little bit about Lemon Grove Run Gun. You know, we come up there every month. Of course, you know, you see us doing the sporting clays, and we're up there just about every month. And I always post, you know, a picture of, you know, someone standing in the, in the outhouse shooting or on the, you know, on the tower or in the back of the truck, you know, all the different stages that you have. And inevitably somebody comments on Facebook, where is that? I've never heard of that, ridge. Where is that? How can I do that? So tell everybody a little bit about Lemon Grove Rod and Gun Club.
5: Lemon Grove Rod and Gun Club is a small to moderate-sized private club. We have maybe 450 total members. Um, The club was incorporated in the mid-50s and has been on its property in Alpine since then. Um, We have a total of about... 47 acres of area for active shooting, and we have some additional acreage as a buffer between us and our neighbors, who fortunately are also members of the club. So we're, we're in good shape. Uh, we currently have openings, and as you might imagine from the increase in gun sales, we're seeing tremendous increase in interest in people joining our club.
2: That's awesome. Now, not all, and it is a, a private club, it's a membership club, so most of the time you can't uh, shoot, it's not open to the public, you, you have to be a member to shoot, but you do have, um, I don't know, a handful of, of uh, events that are open to the public, right? like like, like uh, Sporting Clays on the 4th Sunday is open to the public, and you have a couple other events that are open to the public.
5: We actually have a lot of events that are open to the public. Um the major sporting clays on the fourth Sunday. We also have a short sporting clays every Tuesday morning, starting at eight o'clock. Have long-range rifle match. We have a very active pistol group in the club, and we have some black powder shooters as well.
2: Right. Wow, what are the? the how, where did? Tell us about the black powder shooters. That's interesting.
5: Um, so once a month on the third Sunday of the month, we have. One of our members run a black powder match, and most of the time it's a rifle match. Targets are set up anywhere from 25 to 100 yards, and friendly competition with nice little prizes and bragging rights. Uh, Once a year we have a black powder shotgun match, which brings out guns that people don't get to bring out very often, and we also have a black powder pistol match at least once a year.
2: And, and you got, tell us about the
5: Youth Trap. Okay, Youth Trap is a program that we started several years ago to encourage youth to come out and get familiar with firearms. And Shotgun was the, one of the easier venues for us to set up. So on the second and fourth Saturdays of the month, Shooting starts about 12.30. Registration starts around 11.30. Any youth, this event is open to the public, any youth between the ages of 10 and up through 17 are welcome to come. There's a $10 a week charge that covers ammunition and upkeep on the firearms. Uh, Participants that come don't need to bring a firearm don't need to bring ammunition, we supply all that. We've been fortunate to have grants from the NRA Foundation. Um, We have registered NRA coaches and instructors that work with the youth, and we've had several youth uh, start out from a base of knowing little or nothing about shotgun to progress to be very good shooters.
2: Wow. Now, when you say youth, what, what's, the, uh, what's the age range typically? Uh,
5: from the day a, a youth turns 10 through their 18th birthday, they can come out. That's awesome. On any, any given Saturday, we'll have anywhere from five to maybe a dozen or 15 kids come. Uh, because it's California, they need to bring their parent with them and have a signed parent permission slip to satisfy state requirements other than that um they can come shoot so if
2: i have if i'm in the san diego area i have a teenager um they've never touched a gun before ever and if if i can i can bring my teenager to the youth trap uh event and they'll walk you you guys will walk them through soup to nuts uh, gun safety how to do it what trap is and and uh the whole the whole nine yards right That is exactly right. Wow. And there's no commitment. They can come once and then that's it, or they can come every time you guys have an event. That's right. That's amazing. That's cool. There must be a ton of smiles.
5: You betcha, especially the when the first clay gets broken.
2: (laughs) That's the that's the big advantage. That's how uh, I didn't really I wasn't really into I was a pistol guy and a rifle guy. wasn't really into shotguns at all until I became a member of Lemon Grove Rod and Gun actually, and I started shooting trap. And uh, you know the reaction, uh, you know when you when you have a target that you know responds, you know that that blows up, you know after you shoot it. I mean that's fun. I mean as fun as as uh, shooting steel and putting holes in paper is, uh, when you shoot your target and it explodes, that's fun, you know. And that's how I got hooked on on shotgun. That's why we go do sporting clays every uh, every month now. And Joe beats me every month.
5: <laughs> well, maybe we you should lie about your age and come to use.
2: <laughs> he beats me. I don't even have an excuse. I you know usually I can say well that guy's got a got a semi-auto you know uh, really cool shotgun but he's got a pump action too. that I, th- I think your shotgun's even older than mine that's right it's the pump action i got when i was 14 yeah and he still still, <laughs> still works it's humiliating <laughs> that's cool what made you guys start this it sounds like it's uh really successful with uh you know getting getting uh kids into shooting what, what was the catalyst to you guys to start this
5: well, we've had a Boy Scout merit badge program for a number of years, and we kept getting inquiries from members who had kids or grandkids. Why didn't we offer a program for other youth that weren't scouts? And so from there, we moved to the, to the youth trap program, and it's, it's been going, going great guns.
2: Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So how can people get involved?
5: Uh, So we have a website. If you Google Lemon Grove Rod and Gun Club, you'll get to our website. On the site, there is information about all of our events, both public and members only. There's a calendar that tells you when things are happening. Uh, There's information about becoming a member. We currently have, so a few years ago, we upped our membership limit and We're just now starting to catch up to that, so we still have probably 90 or 100 openings. Um, At the rate they've been gobbled up for the past three months since we reopened, um, not going to be 100 memberships open for long. How many members do you guys have? Altogether, we're at about 450. We have several different categories of membership. Uh, partly depending on age and depending on how long you've been a member of the club.
2: Great. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Schiller from Lemongrove Rod and Gun Club. Look him up online. Join their youth trap shoot. Absolutely. Gun Owners Radio, FM
1: 961, AM 1170, The Answer. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Jermisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego.
1: All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Well, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year, with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage get a plan from us law shield check them out today at uslawshield.com all right we got joe germisi he is going to chat with you as the covert blogger uh in november the second amendment is on the ballot how will you vote good question so
3: yeah so we um wrote about or what i wrote about this week is uh you know the election coming up and it's a um it's a pretty stark choice um you know, between the the two choices here, somebody's got to be president. And um, at least if you just narrow it down to the Second Amendment so I think the, the overall the choice is pretty stark, but um, we're a Second Amendment group. So we're talking about the Second Amendment and uh, very, very great differences between what one side says they're going to do what the other side says. And I think um, for the most part, the electorates Pretty, I, you know, to be nice, misinformed, I think, about a lot of things. Uh, uninformed is probably closer. Yeah, that's very and, polite. <laughs> yeah, and, very. and, you know, gun owners are unfortunately not immune from this. So what I thought I'd do here for a few minutes is just run down the differences. And I did this in the article. but um, And these come from, first, the Democratic Party platform. And you can look this up online. The link's in the article. But these are the things that the party platform lists that they want to do. So Democrats want to enact a universal background checks, and when they say that, you know, that doesn't sound like, a okay, everybody's up for background checks, but that always includes a uh, national registry so that all firearms owners are registered and a whole slew of other things. So they start off with that. They want to end uh, the online sale of guns and ammunition, so no more buying anything online. You'll have to buy it at your local shop, which... Um, They'll work on you know, making it difficult, just like they do in California, making it difficult for those shops to stay open. Um, they want to ban and manufacture the sale of what they call assault weapons, what everybody else knows is a modern sporting rifle, the AR-15 platform. Um, they want to ban sale of high-capacity magazines, so again, what normal people would call standard capacity, anything greater than 10 rounds. Um, They want to incentivize states to enact licensing requirements for owning firearms. So, again, a registry, something, you know, we already have that pretty much in California, but uh, they want everybody to be registered. They want to uh, incentivize states to enact extreme risk protection order laws, the uh, red flag laws that we've been hearing about. Um, Pass legislation to require guns to be uh, safely stored in homes, uh, similar to what the city of uh, San Diego is trying to do. So you're... Your gun essentially has to be disabled and locked up uh, when it's home. Um, Repeal the laws that shield gun manufacturers from civil liability. So again, that was tried before and uh, Congress fortunately um, did away with that. But to take it a step further, if you go to Joe Biden's um, website, the campaign website, um, he takes all those things and I think there's about 3,500 words up there of what he plans to do uh, second amendment wise. Um, the first one is again, to repeal the protection of lawful commerce and arms act. And what that is, that's the one that they were just talking about where the, um, gun manufacturers can't be sued for things that criminals do with guns. And you know, that sounds absurd that you would even think to do that, but that was tried before. That's why we have the protection of lawful commerce and arms act. It'd be like, um, you know, the family of, uh, Maybe someone that was killed by a drunk driver suing Ford because the drunk was driving a Ford truck. It's it's the same idea, and the, and the intent is to put manufacturers out of business. So you could look forward to an uh, attempt to appeal that, and you know, should they gain control of the White House and the Senate, um, that's not an unlikely thing that would happen. Um, they want to ban the manufacture and sale of again AR-style weapons and high-capacity magazines. Um, he wants to regulate possession of existing assault uh, weapons under the National Firearms Act. So a registration thing similar to what we have out here in California um, requires citizens either sell their AR-15 magazines and, and, um, or platforms and magazines to the government or register them. So restrict the number of firearms a citizen may purchase to one per month. Californians will recognize that one. Um, Require background checks on all gun sales, another thing we have out here, private party transfers. Um, Reinstate the Obama-Biden policy that was reversed by Trump of barring seniors who require help in managing their financial affairs uh, from owning firearms. So in other words, if uh, say my mom, who's 86, if she wanted to get one of my cousins to help her figure out something she needs to do with her Social Security stuff, And she gives my cousin, say, you know, the legal authority to do that for her. Um, Under this thing that they want to do, she would no longer be able to own a firearm, um, even if she, you know, she had an interest in doing that. So that was something Trump reversed. You could expect that to come back. Um, Bar individuals convicted of a misdemeanor hate crime from owning firearms. Um, Extend the time limit in which background checks can be completed from three to ten days. So uh, currently now with a federal background check, they have to have it done in three days or you can go ahead and um, ahead with the sale. Uh, they want to push that out to 10 days. I know in California with our DOJ, I think they have 30 days because we were seeing that um, with all the, uh, the frenzied buying here recently. Um, they want to end fire, not only firearm sales or, or the Biden campaign wants to end not only firearms and ammunition sales from online, but also kits and gun parts. So, nothing from online. Um, And again, incentivize the states for extreme risk laws, incentivize uh, state gun owners for licensing laws. These are all things that they listed. And if you look at um, the Biden campaign's website, there are many more things up there. I just, for the sake of uh, time, I didn't uh, list all of them. But there's a number of things up there. I mean, it's just, it's terrible. Your rights are gone uh, under if they do what they say they want to do. To contrast that, if you look on the Republican Party's platform, and when they did their convention this year, they resolved not to change the platform from 2016, so it essentially is the same. But even the tone of things uh, up there is a little bit different. And you know, again, not not that the Republicans always do what they say they would do. Um, if they did, that'd be nice. But um, but even the tone of it, uh, it says they up uh, we uphold the right of individuals to keep and bear arms, a natural, inalienable right that predates the Constitution, is secured by the Second Amendment. And, um, you know, just to even come out and say that, um, back when they did the, uh, the Heller case back in 2008, there was a Gallup poll and, um, I think I came up with 75% of Americans believe that the second amendment protect an individual, right? Um, so, you know, at least they're, they're talking the right thing anyway. Um, they support firearm reciprocity. Again, they had a shot with that and, um, unfortunately didn't do what they should have done. I think that they got derailed, uh, after a school shooting. But, um, you know, at least they're in the ballpark here. They support constitutional carry statutes. Uh, it says we oppose ill-conceived laws that restrict magazine capacity and ban the sale most popular or the most popular and common modern rifle. So, you know, the choice is, um, is, uh, pretty stark, I guess, or the differences are pretty stark. Um, you know, and I see some people too, it's just, it's a little bit frustrating. Um, when we posted this thing, um, cause this article, you can find this up on our blog site on, uh. San Diego County Gun Owners.org uh, or sdcgo.org, yep. sdcgo.org blog yep. page. Uh, we also throw them up on our Facebook page. And someone commented on there, um, you know, about, well, I guess we have to we have to vote for a a narcissistic uh a narcissistic overweight reality star or something like that. And you know, there are people that let let their hatred for this man, mm-hmm. you know, they don't care about anything else. They don't care about what happens to the country, they don't care about what happens to their rights and um, you know really not good to be that way so um, I just wanted to uh, you know kind of um, show people here anyway in case you really did not know what these people are planning to do um, a really important election even more so I think than 2016 um, just uh, can have a really profound effect on which way the
2: country goes now and there, there and you know there has to be political consequences in order for the Democratic Party to change their platform I even Probably number one priority in uh, the, you know, for gun owners, our number one priority, what we should be doing more of uh, and working hard to do is changing the Democratic Party. Um, and that that can be a lot of different things that can be changing it internally. That can be changing it by uh, by showing them it's painful to, you know, politically painful to have those uh, views. Um, but, it, it, you know, we have to get back to a point when <clears throat> this wasn't the political football that it's become in the last thirty years. Well, again, we have millions of
3: new gun owners now since January, and you know, it'd be nice for them to just see this list. Hey, welcome yep. to the gun community. This is what's coming. Yeah, Depending on how you want to vote.
2: Well, I I recently uh, I I recently helped uh, a couple of uh, women uh, who needed to get a uh, wanted to get a pistol for for self defense, and they're they're Democrats. Uh, they're you know voting for Biden, whatever. Anyway, when I was helping them, I said, You well, you really don't have a lot of choices as far as pistols because you just can't buy that many pistols here in California. And they complained up and down about that. You know, and I said, Well, that's the law, you know, the pistol roster and, and they ended up I think they both ended up getting a shield, which is one of the only, you know, concealable handguns you can have. Yeah, but they can't get the
3: shield easy, which for women is a lot easier to rack.
2: Exactly. With, yep. You know? So flash forward about a month, they named Kamala Harris as vice president. They're all in. For biden and harris and i circled back and said hey remember how mad you guys were at the uh, the pistol roster <laughs> guess whose fault that was directly Kamala harris you know so that kind of thing you know and i'm not going to say that magically you know changed their mind but that kind of thing you know hopefully you can you know point those kinds of things out and say hey look these are real world consequences to these uh uh you know ridiculous hey, you uh, better be proposals. careful with
3: that though i think i think camilla is racist it's got to be kamala
2: so yeah what are you doing with correct. the Kamala?
1: Whatever. whatever unless you're joe Biden. yeah unless you're joe Biden. <laughs> then you can call her waldo it's <laughs> okay <laughs> hey we're gonna take a quick break and we come back a whole lot more in fact the man is now gonna do a gear test uh a called, review caldwell <laughs> electronic earmuffs he looks so good in these things on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961
2: AM 1170.
0: The Answer. That's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. We don't need no
6: education.
1: Right, folks, gun owners radio on FM 96 radio, AM 1170. The answer, all right. PRMI mortgage that's backslash That is your home mortgage interest rates, or home mortgage interest rates have dropped. So, if you're looking to buy or refire, or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, you need to call a local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all of these mortgage their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com backslash alpine. All right. So, hey, buddy, what do you got? Okay.
3: Well, we have the uh, Caldwell Emax Pro, I guess, um, electronic earmuffs. And before I get started, I just want to say what an honor and privilege it is today to be filling in
1: for Melissa. <laughs> Who got to shoot <laughs> a 50 cal out of a helicopter at SHOT Show. So, um,
3: so anyway, we have You're the... You're uh, aren't you? Oh, yeah. So especially the SHOT Show part, because yeah. I don't think that's happened until like January. So... Uh, What'd she go to?
2: <laughs> she went to something. I don't know. It was she a SHOT, a SHOT, SHOT, SHOT Show. She just went to <laughs> Vegas to Shooter. shoot out of a helicopter.
1: Oh, okay. I could have done that in alcohol. So... <laughs> I should have
3: went to Texas, could have shot pigs out of the helicopter there. Uh-huh. Fill your freezer with that stuff. <laughs> um, so anyway, I've got the um, Caldwell Emax Pro uh, electronic earmuffs. And picked these up off of the prize table at the uh, Gunsight Alumni shoot a couple of weeks ago. So wanted to try them out. So let's see if we open these guys up here. Got kind of good news and bad news here to go through. So uh, let me see if I just get these out of here
1: the bad news is you can't get into them the good news
3: is (laughs) so let's see we'll get them out they're cool uh, come in different colors this is the aqua version well of course so um they're actually nice these are uh the website there is caldwellshooting.com um they have a whole bunch of uh different shooting related things they've got a number of different uh earplug or ear uh, muffs and things like that so um tried these out the other day and um kind of some good and bad stuff here so um go through the good stuff um because I tried it out well let's do both here so uh, I tried it out at a women on target thing I was working uh last weekend and these come with three uh batteries and uh worked fine for a few minutes and the three batteries died immediately so I didn't get a chance to try it out there so um had a match yesterday that I shot so I wore them for the match so uh what i'll say about them is they're they're really nice well f- wait a
1: minute did you put yeah. different batteries in them after it, th- yesterday
3: yeah i didn't have batteries with me at the women on target event but i uh, threw some new ones in there yesterday and and how were, long did they last uh the batteries i think lasted a while the i mean they were fine the earmuffs uh, had other issues oh. but um the batteries are fine in there so um first i'll say that they're really nicely made i mean they're real solid they're very comfortable um when i put them on the um and they worked at that thing for about maybe half an hour or so. And what started happening was I started hearing this beeping sound in there. Mm-hmm. And at first, there was a big truck there. At first, I thought, okay, the truck's backing up. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> then I realized, no, it wasn't. It's on here. And um, went to uh, turn these things off. They would not turn off. Um, so I ended up having to pull the battery to get them to go off. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking here is um, I had... Well, here, what I was thinking is I had a defective pair. So um, I tried them again today, and they came right on because I was saying it wouldn't go off. If you could see the controls here, this is um, something I thought was kind of less good because uh, it's a push button here, and let's see if it works today. Uh, It worked a little bit earlier. So you can see it lights up. So these things are turned on. And then you adjust the sound here by pushing this button is uh, plus. This button over here is minus. Just click it. And you get the sound adjustment. The thing that's a little bit iffy with these is when you're wearing them, which would be about like this. If I put these guys on, what I have to do is remember where these buttons are. Back over here and here. And they're not real easy to feel. On the range with people shooting, you can't really pull it off to kind of look for the button. So um, I, I thought that was kind of a less good thing. Now today these are on. When they're working, um, they worked really well. If uh, if you've worn these kinds of things before, you could hear you could hear people walking, you could hear people crunching on the gravel and things like that. So they worked really well when they were working. They attenuated the gunshots pretty well. Um, it's just they they quit working yesterday. And um, if I pass these around, if you you could hear what they sound like if you put them on. Yeah, let let Dave. Um, but um, again, they worked well, and they quit working yesterday. So I, I've got an RSO shift on Friday, so I'm going to try them out again. Um, the other thing is the um, they have a full warranty, um, assuming they warrant things that you get off the prize table. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to give them a call this week uh, if they don't work again. So you could hear that if you could find the adjustments over there, you could you could turn that up so it's a little bit farther, and uh, you could probably hear just uh, <laughs> stuff here.
1: Well i i've used other uh-huh. other headphones these are w- w- too too tight i bet you if you wore these for a half hour or so you could get a headache
3: yeah i didn't i mean the, they fit me fine um you're just here mike i have a big but headache. i didn't have an issue you with that have a melon let
1: me see here try that
3: finding the buttons though and the you controls them, were, were yeah that's going to be a problem i almost think up, you know a little bit yeah like the other pair i've got a Pellator pair i Go think and see, and, you and can you spread um, them apart there's actually a knob on there which works pretty well. But um This is a guy that loses springs out <laughs> of his gun. Everything. So these go for about forty four dollars.
2: Oh yeah, these are tight. They they're fit great. on my big ears though.
1: But they're still super
2: tight. They're a little tight. They're a little tight. I think you can you can adjust them here. You think right there. I usually end up getting a pair of these before I go. the four day every year and then whether they work you got them for four days good or bad right exactly (laughs) they're almost disposable it's like an annual disposable expense
3: for me these weren't bad when they were working i just i had some issues with them. okay with it
2: yeah
3: it seemed really tight and again the buttons would be a problem i think um but they're um the other thing is they're 23 db it's their their noise rating and um that's a little bit low typically you want uh 27 28 29 something like that. They go up to about 31 I think typically with earmuffs. Um but again, uh they were they seem to work fine. Um
1: what was their cost?
3: These are 44.95 and uh you know, and that's not bad. I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's others that are over 100. Oh yeah, way over 100. I think uh mine, the ones I use were like $60 yeah. and they're fine. And I was actually looking for another pair cuz the uh the padding on side of my backup pair started to rip and shred so i was thinking that's why i saw these on the prize table i said "Ah, i'll grab those i need another pair anyway um but yeah there are people that spend a couple hundred bucks on um, on so are you going to call these guys yeah you know what i want to do is i have to work an rso shift on friday so i'm going to bring them down i'm going to wear them for four hours i'm going to see if they work um because they worked for about half an hour yesterday and then then they started beeping and it just went downhill so i put
1: another set of. wait a minute let me ask you the more important question okay have you read the instructions manual
3: i did they said <laughs> nothing about that and my wife is always telling me to um to read the instructions no she's always saying go online and look for other people see if they complained about no. that so i haven't done that yet so at least uh, did you turn these off no, okay. i did okay you thought it broke didn't you so um well i didn't know because it's still working it's going on and off which it wasn't doing the other day the other thing i didn't like about this is the battery compartment is under this side this whole thing is not see how challenge. hard that is um, I mean, it's
1: not user friendly,
3: but the uh, battery compartment is under here and this little piece comes off and then you have the batteries. I don't know how long this is going to last doing that kind of stuff. Um, Uh, Typically, you don't you don't change the batteries that much, but I don't I don't know that that's a great way to do it. So um, but like I said, when they were working, they were fine. So I think what I'll do is um, I will try these out um, on Friday and see how they work. And, um, if they die on Friday, what I want to do is contact the company and then I'll let everybody, I'll let you guys know how that turns out.
2: I've used their products before. I, they seem I don't know, they seem to be a little inconsistent. Like I've had ones that died after just a couple of days of perfect weather. Okay. And then I had a pair that made it through a four day shotgun course that was, it was pouring rain the whole time yeah. and it made it through successfully. So. I don't know. I see. Can't. For me, like I
3: said, when I had them on for that first half hour, 45 minutes, however long that lasted, yeah, they were comfortable enough. They were fine. Because I know, you know, wearing headphones, because I, I switched to the, the other um, electronic earplugs mm-hmm. um, because shooting matches at Palo, where you're out there for six hours or so, those head headphones or the earmuffs get uncomfortable after a while, especially when it's hot. Yeah. Um, but so, like I said, these felt fine. Um, you know, for what I was
2: using them for the other day. But the, the electronic muffs are pretty, especially if you're shooting, if you're taking a pistol class or doing a, a pistol mm-hmm. competition, you got to be able to hear the instruction. You got to be able to hear, you know, the, the range safety officers. And, uh, uh, you know, they work really, really well when they work. But then uh, I've tried them, you know, with long guns and you know they always end up knocking off your ear well
3: see I, that's quit. the other thing i want to do too on friday after i finish my rso shift i want to walk next door to the rifle range because the rifles are typically a little bit louder than yeah. the pistols are um like i said it, it muffled them fine uh
2: it they sound a little bit sharper sometimes but um i want to see how they do with the rifles well the sound was okay it's just <laughs> that when you when you mount it when you're shooting you mount it it it, it yeah. ends up your right ear you know, it ends up. Yeah. Another thing off is the they unit. don't tell you the life expectancy of the
1: battery. You know, a lot of these units will say, you know, batteries are good for three days, four yeah. days. There's nothing in the owner's manual that says what the life expectancy of the battery is. So,
2: well, that's interesting. What are they again? Uh, these
3: are the Caldwell Emax pros Is what they are. Cool. So, um, see, so yeah, and, and like I said, their their website's CaldwellShooting.com. Right. They have lots of stuff up there they've got a bunch of hearing protection they've got other shooting accessories so so check them out
1: all right so let's go ahead and take a quick break when we come back a whole lot more right here on gun owners radio fm 961 am 1170 the answer
0: Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Jermisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego.
1: All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 96 AM 1170. The Answer. Thousands of new gun buyers just found out what San Diego gun owners already knew. A.O. Sword Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. Hundreds of new and used guns in stock and everything you could want for an AR-15. A.O. Sword is also a professional gunsmith with a full machine shop for cleaning, repair, upgrades, customization, and Cerakote. Check out A.O. Sword on Facebook or go to AOSword.com. With that being said... David Chong, he is our firearms technical expert, is on the line. How you doing, David?
6: Good. Sorry for clearing my throat there.
1: Oh, you're more than welcome. We'd rather have that. <laughs> have you choked to death?
6: <laughs> well, I promise it's not the COVID. Ah, we're so <laughs> glad to hear that. Yeah. So how you doing, hey, Joe? That was a good, good. That was. I'll tell you about that. But uh, Joe, great segment. Uh, I'm just going to give you a, a 30 second quip here as a as a guy who buys these headsets. Wholesale and a professional firearms instructor i I have tried all of the electronic muffs because, just like Michael said, and you know you you intimated you've got to be able to hear everything on the range. Mm-hmm. As an instructor, you have to be able to hear yourself. Um, I've spent uh, whoa, huh, thousands of hours under muffs from sixty dollars all the way up to two hundred dollars. I'm going to save everybody a whole bunch of money. Um, radians are 3700s They're about a hundred dollar muff. They are the only set that give me 360 degree hearing with quad, uh, microphones. So I can actually hear not just left or right, but in front of behind. And then they also are the only ones that transmit my own voice back to me without sounding like Darth Vader. Uh, when I speak and I'm speaking all the time in these classes,
1: what are they called? Um, what's it called again?
6: Radians. R-3700, uh, you know we have them in the shop, but you can get them anywhere else, uh, I suppose. Uh, uh, we do have them in stock for you at AO Sword Firearms, where we also have uh, still uh, tremendous inventory of guns that we sell at MSRP or below. Still not marking up our guns, and we, uh, I'm having to spend double shifts making sure that we're in supply, but uh, we have not run out of Glocks in uh, two months.
3: Great. How's your uh, shotgun supply,
6: David? <laughs> I, I'm not even sure what, I remember what shotguns are anymore. <laughs> uh, we we have plenty of uh, sporting clays and hunting guns. Um, I'm only getting about uh, five to ten security shotguns a week, and that, that hurts because we have five to ten people a day asking for a security shotgun. We just don't have them. Wow. That's crazy. Remington's, you know, temporarily out of business with their bankruptcy. Uh, Mossberg's doing all they can, but uh, the demand is very, very high. So we, it, that, is the, that is the number one thing other than, of course, 9mm and 5.56 ammunition that we're just are having a very, very hard time meeting demand.
3: Yeah, and with this election coming up, I don't, I don't see any of that letting up. I think it's yeah. going to be bad, at least through the end of the year.
6: Well, I've been telling yeah we we've seen on the wholesale or excuse me retail side and I apologize for cutting you off Michael but nope. uh, the the sales were five times normal volume in COVID season then they got to ten times normal volume in riot season trickled down to about six times normal volume last month and then now they're picking back 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 up.
2: I've been telling people for years you know the, the you know guys that had five or six ARs you, you know you got to get a shotgun. And nobody's been listening to me for years, Dave. Nobody's been listening. Well, somebody looks must like, be listening. Looks like all I needed to do was, you know, burn down La Mesa, start a few riots. That's what I should have been doing. Yeah. I How know about why. that? <laughs> so I you have an I interesting story you. for us, David.
6: I sure do. Uh, cutting to the chase, uh, last weekend I was supposed to be on the show, and I, I apologize to you and our listeners, but I spent my whole Sunday working with uh, law enforcement on a... Uh, Uh, lethal force threat encounter with trespassers that I had um, on our ranch in Tombstone, Arizona. Mm. Uh, It it went wild west on us for a little while there. I want to share some points about my encounter that I think listeners can get some takeaways for their own successful self-defense. You read through the uh, uh, good, bad, and ugly in the uh, sheriff's report. Michael I did it
2: was it was pretty uh pretty phenomenal I I don't know I'm gonna let you lead because I don't know how much you want to talk about it but go for it
6: thank you thank you yeah we'll we'll keep the names out to protect the guilty but uh the gist of it is uh I had just finished up a shooting session on a private 1,000 acre ranch that we are developing for uh uh shooting sports and training uh that's going to be very exciting but I can't talk much about that uh and as I'm packing out again in the middle of our ranch, uh, uh, three tress, uh, three ATVs full of trespassers, uh, five five people uh, came up on me, were belligerent and challenging, and insisted that they weren't trespassing. Trespassing, no matter how many times I told them that they they were and they needed to get get out. Um, they eventually left and said they were only passing through. After a lot of belligerent talk. Uh, I went up to see where they went and lo and behold, they weren't passing through. They came back at me, piled out of the cars, said they were going to bash my head in. Uh, I, I should mention, I, I had my AR 15 on the ground because I was, uh, parked and wat- looking for them when they, when, uh, they came back. Uh, I had, uh, my service pistol, uh, in my gun belt exposed on my, on my hip. And, uh, they threatened to bash my head in, uh, Uh, charged me aggressively, uh, and eventually when one of them said, I'm going to rip that gun off your hip and shoot you with it, things got very serious. And at that time, I uh, put my hand on my pistol in a master grip, did not draw the pistol, but informed them that they would be shot if they moved any closer. One guy did charge me, and I uh, oriented at him, told him he was going to get shot. Two other people charged me, and I said they were advanced, I should say. I told them they were going to get shot, too, and only when they realized that I was really, really serious that I would use my gun uh, did they eventually calm down and uh, move towards leaving. Uh, They eventually did leave, but uh, only got about 100 yards before they uh, drunkenly crashed one of their ATVs into uh, my partner who was responding up and uh, uh, trying to rescue me, and uh, that ended up being a DUI hit-and-run. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, so the, I would tell you it's a it was a qualified success because, ultimately, nobody had to get shot, nobody got hurt, uh, a lot of threats, and uh, a couple of rumpled fenders, uh, but, ultimately, uh, everybody went home safe, including the people who were me.
3: Did anybody get um, arrested?
6: Uh, no, there, there were no arrests. Uh, I will explain that and... It's it's a small town tombstone of 1,200 people. We knew exactly who each other were in the uh, encounter. And in small towns, uh, dumb people say stupid things while drunk, and you write it up to dumb things that stupid people say when they're drunk. But uh, uh, they made a big deal out of it and said that I had drawn my gun, had pointed it at their heads, and told them that they were about to die. Uh, so I got questioned on that. I told them the actual story and, um, my story stuck. I'm not, I'm not in trouble. Um, but that's why I ended up having to make a police report. Well, the one
2: thing I did like a lot in the, in the police report that I read that you sent me was how much you emphasized de-escalation. You know, no, yeah. the, the, you you only win the the gunfights you don't get into, and that was the one thing I really, really one of the many things I should say I, I liked about your write up. And what you did is that you made sure that you didn't get into a gunfight. You you kept your head. Um, you, you mentioned I don't think you you talked about it, but you 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 kept your offhand. You know, in a, um, uh, you know, in a, in a, uh, in a, kind of pointed at him in a it manner of, ha- position, there you, you go. Know? Yeah. So uh, you think you did a fantastic job. Uh, you know, all the things that people talk about in the classes about de escalating and making sure you don't get into trouble, um, you you executed all those perfectly.
3: Well, you know, David, I think what? if it would have went a little further, they might have been surprised by your empty handed skills. Yeah. That's true, too.
6: <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, so, Part of, I teach combatives, and that means not just gunfighting, but uh, everything from empty hand through uh, melee weapon all the way through firearms, uh, because I do believe that defense is a continuum. And part of the thing that kept those people safe, even though they were trespassers, at one point I said, uh, I, do, I do not want to shoot you because I care about you as a human being, even though your behavior is disgusting. Hmm. Um, and, and that's the truth. Uh, part of what kept them not shot is they had already in, uh, approached within uh, five feet of me uh, because I am very competent at defending myself. Uh, that was not yet a lethal threat for me. For for an average student of mine, I would tell them that that was already too close and they could be bludgeoned or grappled and, and seriously injured or killed, uh, even by an unarmed opponent. Uh, because of my level of training, I was the— 1997 uh, Shotokan Funakashi world champion uh, in sparring. So uh, I I do know how to defend myself. Uh, Still, had the guy grabbed me at that range, uh, that would have been a very, very desperate close contact drill with my firearm. That would have been no fun. But again, I didn't want him to get shot. What I want the... uh, audience to take away from this is that you don't have to get into these confrontations to be prepared for them. The reason why I was able to stay calm, try and de-escalate, try and focus on uh, my situational awareness, making sure that none of the five people went to one of these ATVs and pulled out a gun on me from the side. So I kept them all pied in front of me. Uh, uh, I have imagined and trained for this scenario my, my entire adult life and scenarios like it. Um, research uh, over the past 10 years have shown, has shown that the hippocampus part of your brain that works on memory and training and imagination can be at least as engaged and possibly learn even more from imagined scenarios that you walk all the way through uh, over scenarios you've actually been through experientially so high quality realistic based training Uh, from high quality instructors can arm you with experiential knowledge or even superior to experiential knowledge to be prepared for these kinds of encounters so that you're not for the first time wondering what do I do what do I do what do I do when a guy's facing you uh, who's towering over you by 50 pounds and uh, half a foot uh, and spitting in your face Mm -hmm. Uh, you can be prepared for these events by again seeking out that quality training and and then uh, being prepared for the adrenaline dump and the surprise and the uncertainty uh, that's called uh psychophysiological training so that you're prepared to act under stress in a way that you would be proud of, even if you were academically walking through it in a classroom.
1: Well, all I can say is I am very proud of you because you're a Thank way better you. guy than I would be. Cause I guarantee you, I don't know if I could be as strong as you weren't, but there again, It's because of the training. If it hadn't been for all the training, it probably would have been a different scenario.
6: Yeah, you're right. Unfortunately, if I was not, if I did not know that I was competent to defend myself, even when the guy charged me, I would have had to shoot him. Absolutely. And that would not have been a good outcome. No.
1: All right, buddy. God, what a story. Glad you're okay. Glad you're back. Hopefully they don't come back on your property. Um, And we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. You too, buddy. Thanks, David. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1, AM
2: 1170.
1: The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 am 1170 the answer welcome back and don't forget it is thanks to our sponsors that we get to broadcast and bring you the best second amendment content show in the nation so please right now check out the website of attorneys john Dillon, u.s law shield firearms legal protection a.o and el cajon prmi mortgage firearms policy coalition and get yourself a cali key Need to find out more information on our sponsors and how to get a hold of them? Go to GunOwnersRadio.com.
2: All right, here comes the Stump of the Month. Uh, We're going to have him on in just a second, actually. So I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, Firearms Policy Coalition is in town. A bunch of expert witnesses are in town. Um, And tomorrow, myself and Wendy, many of you who are involved in San Diego County Gunners, know know Wendy Hoffman, and Jim Miller, um, we're all going to go down to the federal court building uh, to to be heard in in front of uh, St. Benitez. The uh, federal judge on the Miller versus Becerra case, which is the case that will uh, hopefully help get the assault weapons ban in California, that assault weapons law struck down. Now, I know everybody, every time I say assault weapons, people, oh, that's not a real term. That's the name of the law. The name of the law is the assault weapon uh, uh, ban. The ban. They use the uh, assault weapon term in the law. So I'm just naming not the law. But you doing it. But uh, you're right. It's not an industry term. The lawsuit actually calls it a uh, politically motivated pejorative term. It's not a real term. Uh, they made they, they made it up and, and, and you know to or they used it. I should say to make it sound scary. So, just wanted to let you know uh, if you are a member of San Diego County Gun Owners, you're a plaintiff too, because it is uh, we're one of the plaintiffs, San Diego County Gun Owners, on behalf of all of our members. So, if you're not a member, please help us with this lawsuit. Join today, sdcgo.org or SanDiegoCountyGunOwners.com. Ten bucks a month, hundred dollars a year. Please help us. We're going to be in court all day tomorrow, maybe even Tuesday. It's going to take a few months to get the final decision. Um, but, uh, if we know judge Benitez, it's going to be one heck of a decision. And then from there, who knows what, what, what's going to happen. But, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this case makes it up into the Supreme court, but this is a real court case that we're hoping will have a real, uh, impact and effect a positive effect on your life. So cross your fingers. Wish us luck, Dave. You got it, brother. I'm right there with you. All right. Now our most popular segment stump my nephew, Sam, the gunman, Sam, are you there? Yeah. How are you guys? Good, man. How are you? I'm hanging in there. It's go, good. It's good to hear. Good to hear. It's
1: only 21 years old. <laughs>
2: How could you just be hanging in there? 21 going on 50. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, my friend, here we go. Sam is, of course, my nephew. Yes, he is. 21 years old, uh, knows more about uh, gun trivia than I just Did about anybody. Even, yeah, just about anybody I know. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, so if you send in a question and we use it on the air, we'll give you a t shirt. If you stump my nephew, which is extremely difficult, we will throw in a hat along with
0: Ooh. that t-shirt. Ah!
2: Okay, so this question comes from Dan in Chula Vista. Dan, I hope you're listening. We're using your questions so you at least get a shirt. Um, his question is Brenenke and Foster shotgun slugs are named after their respective inventors. But who is credited with inventing the Sabo bullet shotgun cartridge sabo c-a-b-o-t i hope i said that sabot sabo sabat that's a whole that's a whole different term right sam
7: dan from chula vista thanks very much for writing in uh you know what you've got me on this one oh uh, he I had said a little bit he of background. would background um a sabo round is um a basically a subcaliber projectile with um a jacket made of a material usually something like plastic that sheds off as the projectile leaves the barrel. So the idea is you can uh, launch a much lighter projectile at a much higher velocity uh, and you can use that, that sabot to allow the, the small, smaller caliber projectile to be fired out of a larger caliber firearm like a shotgun. But uh, I, for the life of me, cannot tell you who first came up with that.
2: So, just to uh, just to recap the the Sabo round, what it allows you to do is to have a smaller, uh, which means faster slug, shot out of a 12 gauge shotgun. Right. So it's a little bit more accurate. It's better for hunting in some cases.
7: Well, it's not necessarily more accurate. Um uh, rounds like that can have some accuracy issues, uh, because of the difficulty in getting the difficulty in getting the Sabo to peel away consistently, but you do get much higher velocities.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. Which by the way, your grandfather will tell you that, uh, uh, they are the Sabo. They also use that term for, uh, well, you were on subs. Don't you guys have Sabo, uh, um, uh, uh Where you know, you the thing that with? comes out of the sub the torpedoes. torpedoes? there you go <laughs> don't you have sabo torpedoes No, we have mark 45s and sub rocks sorry <laughs> all right he might have been, i think he predated you maybe they nah. upgraded by some all right why don't i just give the answer ward l kelly and william l mcalvane uh the patent application for the sabo bullet on may 10th 1970 receiving their patent on april 10th 1973 so dan in chula vista you get a hat you get a hat and a t-shirt congratulations by the way uh those two guys that came up with the sabo uh bullet shotgun cartridge both californians Whoa, bet Both California, they're not here so, now. It was a different time. Huh? It was I, I. I've been saying forever. Uh, California has a very rich and important Second Amendment history, and if I have anything to say about it, which I do, we're going to have a very rich and important Second Amendment future. Hopefully. Well, you
7: really earned your hat tonight, Dan. Uh, great question.
0: Right. Excellent. <laughs>
3: Hey Sam, before you go, I had a quick question for you. The uh, I just want to know if you'd seen something in the uh the latest guns and ammo, I think it is. They they wrote about this German gun that um they were giving to the German uh, World War II pilots as a survival gun. Um, and it was a it's a three-barreled shotgun. I guess one of the barrels is uh chamber for rifled slugs, the other one was a shotgun barrel, and the third barrel was a rifled barrel. Did you happen to see that? Um, I don't get guns and ammo, but uh, I am familiar with those. Yeah, I think they were calling it the M. I'm going to say the M30, and they were calling it a drilling, I think is what they
7: yeah, called it. Um, yeah, that that refers
3: to it having three barrels. Yeah, a very it? cool looking gun, though. Yeah, definitely.
2: They've done all kinds of different versions, like multi caliber survival guns. I've seen a bunch of different versions. Uh, yeah,
7: the United States used to use a two barrel, uh, I think one of them was 410 and one of them was like 22 Hornet or something like
2: that. Yeah, I've seen 12 gauge and 308 combos that lasted about five minutes. And, yeah, right. And then. Uh, Loud bang. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, buddy. Hey, it's always good uh, talking to you. Hope everything's going well on your side of the country.
7: Uh, more or less. Uh, I, I hope it kind of stays on, on
1: the more side, but we'll see. All right, buddy. All right. You take care. Be safe. And say hi to the family. You too. Good luck with that lawsuit. You got it. We're after them. All right, folks, if you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, or on the podcast, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe. Please support our great sponsors, Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com, San Diego County Gun Owners at sdcgo.org, U.S. Law Shield at uslawshield.com, Cali Key at kalike and PRMI Mortgage at PRM dot com backslash alpine.com. The Dillon Law Group at dillonlawgp.com. sword Firearms Store at aosword.com. Firearms Policy Coalition at firearmspolicy.com. And I can't thank Michael Schwartz, Joe Germisi, Sam the Gunman, and our digital master, the man with the button, Brendan Thomas. And don't forget, you can go to gunownersradio.com podcast up-to-date information maybe you have a business that you'd like to support the second amendment and this show we're happy to discuss it with you we have multiple options and multiple tiers of advertising that you can be part of and we can't ask you enough to go to sdcgo.org join san diego county gun owners for as little as ten dollars a month there are other levels that you can join on as well that as you increase your, uh, you know, your involvement will benefit you, you know, expeditiously. So don't forget, tell your friends, uh, or if you're new to gun ownership, you truly need to be part of our family, and go to sdcgo.org. And again, be safe, and as I say every week, vote, 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 vote. This is Gun Owners Radio FM 961.
0: AM 1170, The Answer! Gun Owners Radio, fighting to preserve and restore your Second Amendment right. Learn more about Gun Owners Radio and how to become a guest or sponsor by visiting gunownersradio.com. Join Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz every week at this same time as they talk guns and Second Amendment rights. Have fun while staying informed and getting involved. This has been Gun Owners Radio on The Answer San Diego. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.